it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I think I want you 
Mount Blanco Fossil Museum has 100 fossil tracks, mastodon and mammoth skulls, hundreds of digs, real unicorn skulls, giant bison, fossil horse, dinosaurs, bones of a 40-foot crocodile, man-made objects in stone, the Missouri Mystery Rock, a cast of the wagon tracks in limestone? We do. The Mount Blanco Fossil Museum is celebrating their reopening after the storm of 2021 all Labor Day weekend, September 5th through 9th, 2022. Join us for coffee and check out the past. We're at 124 West Main Street, Crosbyton, Texas, 79322. Check out our website, www.mtblanco.com or call us for more info at 806-675-7777 Beaming to you like a whirlwind 
in syndication, and on all the apps worldwide. You are listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio Network. And here it is. It is Friday, the 23rd of September. I hope everybody's having a good one. I know that I am. Well, you know what, James? It's September 23rd. What day is it? <laughs> it's another Friday. Yeah, it's another Friday. Another romantic Friday, as that song goes, or something like that. I, a romantic Friday. I'm not, not romantic. What are you, <laughs> you, you got something on that mind from that picture I sent you today, wasn't it? Of my Aunt Bertha, who used to play the saxophone in the nudist camp. Now, let me ask you, did she put any flowers on on the, on the organ or piano? Uh, well, she sat behind the piano and, and played the saxophone. Gotcha. All the guys there said she could blow a mean one. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the saxophone. I know where your mind's at. Well, I was thinking a trumpet but I, or a flute. I don't know. I, guess I have no idea. Well, a big shout out to, well, we got Barb. We got Kim. Uh, we have Kevin. Well, hi, Kevin. And uh, we have Space Case and... And a bunch of, well, David and all that out there on chat. A lot of people don't go on chat. just don't want people to know that they listen to the show or something. Well, you know what? It's National Checker Day. Oh. Do you play checkers? Yeah. Let's play. I don't like checkers. I don't either. It's too, too, um, I don't know, annoying. Well, it's also, well, Dogs and Politics Day. Now, that's interesting. There's been a lot of president's dogs, I suppose, unless they're talking about the ones running the office. Well, guess what? It's the National Great American Pot Pie Day. I eat a lot of those. Between that and my wife's cooking, I eat a lot of pot pies. Now, does your pot pie have the traditional beef or does it have pot in it? <laughs> I don't know what pot is. What are you talking about? It It has like chicken or beef in it. I know what you do in your spare time now. Everybody knows what uh, my producer does. <laughs> well, let me know because I need to know. I don't know. Well, it's National Brave Day. Does that, Do you fit into that? I, well, <laughs> that's, were you trying to trick me? I'm trying to whatever. Make the show interesting. National Teal Talk Day, whatever that is. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, what is that? Well, I'm looking. You guys can't see it. He is on a monitor screen over here. You can't see it. And next to him, he has a plate with these sour gummy worms or whatever they are. He has bags of them. And, you know, I'm t I had to turn the monitor off last night because all he was doing was scratching his back with one of those scratch things. Well, that's how bored he was. And he was eating these gummy sour worms all through the whole show. And if every time I asked him a question, he had to quickly spit it out on a plate because he has a plate right there where he could answer because his mouth was full of candy. Oh, my God. You've exposed me. All my secrets with the sour candy and whatever. Sour Patch Kids. Well, it's National Snack Day, and I think he really just was started practicing as yesterday for that one. I was a day early, obviously. I got my dates wrong. Well, it's Restless Day and Legs Awareness Day. Did you know that? I'm restless in my... And it's, uh, oh, boy. Who comes up with this? And here's one. It's ready for this. Celebrate National Bisexuality Day. 
Oh my goodness! What's next? Trisexuality? Oh boy! They, I'll tell you, they cover. They got a day for everything. I know. And then it's National Gay Day. <laughs> that rhymes a little bit. Heck, it, 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 a National Men's HIV slash AIDS Day Awareness Day. Now, see, they got all them on the same day. They could have spaced all that out. Well, can you imagine? You're going into a Walmart store. And you're trying clothes on in the dressing room. Now, this is in the national news. A lady discovered that when she looked up at the ceiling in the dressing room, they had a camera. And what she was really upset is she was trying on bras. And she really felt offended. And so far, Walmart hasn't come back with an answer. Why do they have cameras in the dressing room? Well, as far as I know, that was illegal. I know it was a few years ago. I don't know if it was Walmart, but another department store, I remember, it was in the headlines. They got um, sued, got in trouble for doing that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I wouldn't want not to go in the, uh, a dressing room because I don't want anybody to see how fat I am. <laughs> First of all, you don't know who's been in there before you, especially with all that's going around today. You might bring something home. Yeah, I have no idea. You know what? It's in the news that, you know, because of, well, the challenge, you know, they got challenges going on TikTok and on YouTube and all these different medias where young people do crazy things. And some of them are not very smart. And now the biggest fad with teenagers is cooking chicken, not in oil, not in butter, but in NyQuil. What? Who said, who thinks in NyQuil? That, that sounds like a... a a recipe to die on my goodness i can't believe it and the fda says it's not a thing to get in it is very stupid and a way to kill yourself uh yeah that's almost like them tide pods that was going on years back a couple years yeah but why nyquil of anything i mean well maybe they because you know they eat the chicken and they fall asleep i have <laughs> no idea but I, uh, you know, I would never, ever, ever want to kick, uh, cook uh, chicken and NyQuil. Come on. No, no. maybe they're scared of cases got um, bird flu or something. I don't know. That's strange. <laughs> well, maybe they want to make sure when they eat the chicken, right, it's actually asleep. <laughs> yeah, or you will. All, everybody's going to be asleep for good, I think. You know, there's a national worldwide chicken chain. You go in and get, you know, fried chicken. And I'm not going to mention their name, <clears throat> but, you know, I remember that steeple years ago yeah. uh, when I was in a, flying a glider and I was out in Issaquah and I was out too long and I came by this fast food chicken outlet that they used to have steeples in it and I took the top steeple off. Well, anyway, a lady here a couple months ago got home. They were eating this chicken and realized it was all full of maggots. Oh, my God. Oh my, full maggots! Oh my! I, hey, I, tell you what, I hope they didn't charge them extra for that. Wow. Well, you know, when I was, you know, going through special things in the military before I got shipped out, you know, one thing, you, you know, maggots are very, you know, nutritious. They'll give you a lot of protein, but I don't. I'm not going to pay extra for it. <laughs> if you can get them down, I guess they are full of protein. But I'm going to pass on that one. Um, I'll take your word for it. Oh yeah. 
And also, hi, Ron. I, I hear you're back on here. I hope you're staying out of trouble. I know about you. Well, Richard Nixon was exposed to massive doses of radiation during 1959 trip to Moscow, according to disclassified papers that reveal that it was almost a lethal dosage of radiation. Hmm. Maybe that's maybe that started the whole chain of what what led up to you know the old Watergate stuff. I don't know, but that's that's peculiar information, though. Well, you know, in Paraguay, they found remains of an ancient structure that's even older than the pyramids, and it's older yeah. than the Stonehenge. Yes, I seen that. Uh, I tell you what, with this lidar stuff, they're finding stuff popping up in the the them jungles that they would have never found any other way but yeah that's going to be interesting to follow up on that well guess what scientists we talked about it last night was very are very close to reversing aging well now they have now broke through uh-huh this one to reverse aging in your skeleton a uh, muscle skeleton uh, muscles well, yeah, I guess you got to start this bone. Start at the bones. Why not? Well, that you know, because when you get older, you get, you know, your muscles start getting smaller. They deteriorate and they found a way now to put it back to like when you're like 30 years old. I'll tell you what, if they can ever get that into a medicine or a pill, could you imagine the quadrillions they would make on that? Well, you know, I had a dream last night. Uh-oh. Not Martin Luther. I had a dream. I had a dream last night because we were talking about last night. They they were very close to cracking to making people young again. And I had a dream last night. I was young again. I was like 16. I don't know. Would you, If you had a chance to be regenerated one time and you could only go back to a certain age, what age would you want to be? Uh, probably 30. I guess 30 is about the, the age that you, you've got a little bit of knowledge behind you, but yet you still got a decent physical body with strength and you're still kind of young to do things, I guess. I don't know. I already figured out where I want to go. I want to go back to when I was two years old. Well, you want to be Benjamin Bratt then. You're just going to keep getting younger and younger until one day you, you start crawling up your mother, find, trying to find your mother, go back in. Oh, how could I find my mother? She's long dead. But I mean, if I went back to like a two-year-old, that that I that'd be happy because I'd be out of diapers, I'd be potty training, I'd be walking around. I mean, I'd be cool, and to me, you know, I would know everything I know, so I would be the richest person in the world. I could change the whole world with my thoughts. Think about that. You, you I could, could be the Messiah. Oh boy, yeah, you could. The only problem is that there's the universe always finds a way to put you in your place, so you can't never do that. Well, Bigfoot samples have been analyzed in the lab. There's 50 samples, and well, they come back. Well, they're not bear. They're not human. There's something, but a lot of people don't want to touch these. You know samples of bigfoot or anything because their credibility you know the labs i don't want to touch that people that you know do the lab technicians the doctors the phds they don't want to get involved in it because they figure it will tarnish their reputation but you know there is proof out there that bigfoot does exist and i'm not talking about my ex-father-in-law i'm talking about the hairy creatures Oh, listen, they, that's another thing. That if You know, if they admitted they was a rock there, that all the forest would have to be pretty much 
not allowed to do logging and drilling and mining. That costs trillions of dollars. They're not going to come out with that. Well, Bigfoot sightings were reported in South Carolina State Park. And these animals were five. Well, these are small dwarf Bigfoot. They're only five to six feet tall. And they were walking upright. And they retreated into the brush when they noticed that humans saw them. You know what? Sounds like a clan of uh, juveniles. That's what it kind of sounds like. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, California is banning by 2030-something cars, gas engine cars. Now, this is really puzzling. They want to ban commercial diesel trucks by 2040. They want them off the road. I seen that. You you want to talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, listen, these truck drivers, most of them are on diesel, and they are the lifeblood of this country. How, how are you going to get all your supplies and not to mention food? I don't think we have the technology yet, seriously, to run a electric battery operated, you know, big rig full of, you know, produce or hogs or whatever in, you know, the trailer with all the weight factor and go more than a couple miles. I mean, I mean, there's we are really just jumping the gun. We need a perfect technology on all this stuff. Well, you know what? The Earth's first continent sank into the planet before rising up again. Yeah, I've, I've read some theories about that, uh, so that's kind of interesting. I hope we don't do it again. Well, scientists, I am going to become a scientist. I want a lot of money. They get all these grants from governments. Do you realize one of another stupid grants that was issued out that you and you and me pay on our taxes is how many ants are there in the world? Yeah. I couldn't even, how could, how do you compute that, Gary? You know, there's more ants probably in, in one square three by three foot section than you could even count. Yeah, well, 250 some trillion, but let's face it, there's more ants than there is humans. But why would the government spend money and give them a grant of a million dollars or more to figure out how many freaking ants there are in the world? <laughs> exactly. That's like giving a grant to, you know, uh, learning how to collect matches and pencils or something. It's just ridiculous. Well, I know why there's fat people. Oh, good. Tell me. I know why. Because you know what? They now have evidence that babies react to taste and smell when they're in the womb. <laughs> okay. Listen, most pregnant women eat everything and anything that... that Is that fair should... to the baby? If they're eating something that it literally like pickles and, you know, and honey or whatever pregnant women eat that poor baby is tasting that too right so they're coming out already addicted to chocolate and sugar and all that good stuff i know and next week jupiter will be as closest to earth and the brightest for the next 59 years oh, oh boy oh my god where do you go with that we're we gonna take a rocket there that'd be something i have no idea well termites <laughs> Okay, when do you think termites, you know, I always heard from my father that termites go into wood where it's wet and moist. Uh-uh. When do you think termites, 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 we'll be more buddy. I got to brush my teeth. Termites, when do you think they are more active? Well, I have actually, believe it or not, studied for a couple of years on termites uh, years back and usually when it's warmer in warmer climates. That's because I sent you the information. No. No, I actually did study that years ago. Yeah. I always thought it was in damp, moist 
you know, wood and, and stuff like that. They love eating it. No, it turns out the hotter it is, the more damage they'll do and more eat, uh, wood they'll eat. Yeah. It, just look at all them giant mounds out in the, in the pretty much 100 degree heat in, in Africa all over the place. They're thriving. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Now we can make diamonds out of plastic. Oh, my goodness. That's a new one. Oh, boy. That's like making gold out of lead. Can you? I would, if I could, I'd be a rich man, wouldn't I? Oh, I didn't know. I thought maybe you had some information. I didn't know. But scientists blasted plastic with lasers, high-powered, and it turned into tiny diamonds. So basically, you're spending like a, a million dollars to get like a $10 diamond or something. That's crazy. Probably. Yeah. Well, what is going to happen tomorrow, according to a time traveler? you have any ideas, uh, James? What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? That is going to be a doomsday warning to everybody. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I didn't get the specifics, but I know there's something that they predicted. The only thing I can think of that's been in the news relatively kind of coinciding is these daggone asteroids and comets they keep talking about. Well, you don't think maybe maybe zombies will start devouring people? Oh, boy, if that happens, what do, you, do you know how to? What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You've been watching the shows to educate yourself, Gary? Or could it be World War Three? Uh, yeah, could be. Yeah, there's a lot. Listen, there's a lot of suspects out there. It could be. Or we all discovered that we're going to walk off the planet because it's flat. Oh, oh, yeah, that, well, that's, that, that could happen. Listen, Christopher Columbus, he actually almost did that one time. And then uh, there's other ones, too. What's the other ones? I don't know. I ran out of news stories. But, but you know, here's the <laughs> Super thing. Super Volcano. Yeah. Super Volcano, yes. A blowjob, the end blowjobs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that would blow your doors off, I guess. It would do more. Yeah. You know, Mexico had an earthquake, 7.5, the other day. I did not know that, but I can tell you what, that is no joke. You you can feel them pretty good when they're like three and four, but sub point five, that's does a lot I could do a lot of damage. Well well, yeah, like you know, buildings can fall down, you know, uh uh you know, bridges collapse, the the, the ground underneath you open up and swallow you. Uh, yeah, and here's the other thing. Sometimes it does damage that doesn't happen right away. It, it damages something or weakens bridges, and then you know what? You get a lot of traffic going maybe days later, and boom, you, you've got a disaster. Yeah. Well, you know what? One of my favorite TV shows, or two of them, you better call Sal. Oh, yeah. And you, and Breaking Bad. 
And it's a toss-up. I kind of like, you know, the attorney thing that, you know, that is the misfit of... of a, you know what? If you ever got in trouble, James, I recommend you call Sal. I would call him in a heartbeat. I mean, I, he used to work... The, you ever see the beginning when he worked out of that car? It was falling apart and... And he was pretty much a lawyer. He was living out of the car. Well, how about when he was working in the mailroom? That's where he got his start. Yeah. And his, yeah. His, his brother, his brother really didn't like him very well. I got to tell you. Well, I think they liked him, but he figured that he was incompetent, totally big time. And, and honestly, you have to admit, his character is kind of strange. He was shady. I'll tell you what, he was shady. He can go to any bar and come out of there you know, a few hundred dollars richer just by the schemes he could pull. Yeah, you know how many times he came close to dying, too? Oh, listen. <laughs> he walked a fine line between, the, what, the cartel and rival people that didn't like him. I'll tell you, he got himself he got himself in a lot of pickles like Larry David. Oh, yeah. By the way, we have Tom from Metatron Power and Light. Great music. If anybody out there is in, well, doing documentaries and looking for some good music, just go to MetatronPowerAndLight.com. We'll be right back with our special guest tonight. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. And I'll tell you, they do exist. So stay tuned. We will be right back right after this. We'll be right back. 
Are you searching for deeper answers when it comes to experiences with the Sasquatch and other cryptids? One man who seems to be taking that deeper dive is Ron Moorhead. His incredibly clear, scientifically vetted Bigfoot Sierra sounds will send shivers. In addition to these recordings, he's written two books, Voices in the Wilderness, which is the chronicle of interactions that went on for years up in the Sierra Nevada mountains, and then his latest, The Quantum Bigfoot, where he bravely goes where others fear and takes it head-on, again backed by science. The disappearing tracks, the pixelated images, and the screams in the dark. All of this and more can be found at ronmoorhead.com. That's www.ronmoorehead.com. Do you remember how great paranormal talk radio was in the 80s and 90s? Night Dreams Talk Radio brings back to you talk radio like you remember. With your host, Gary Anderson, broadcasting to you live from his secret compound deep in the great Northwest. Now, here's Gary. Jesus Payan Jr. is an actor who plays Gonzo on the hit series Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's made numerous hit movies with John Cena, Mark Wahlberg, Denzel Washington, and so many more. Jesus Jr. has a lifelong quest to find and understand the reality of the elusive Sasquatch. He was chosen as one of the field researchers for the Falcon Project. He was featured on Finding Bigfoot on their Four Corners episode on the Upper Fruitland Navajo Reservation, where Jesus Jr. threw the first Bigfoot conference ever on that reservation. He's worked with numerous PhDs in anthropology and was part of the Cryptid Hominid Genome Project. Now, he's teamed up with Monster Quest producer-creator Doug Hycheck on some new endeavors. He's been face-to-face with a Sasquatch within 10 feet of him, as well as other sightings. He's been researching Sasquatch in and out of the field for 33 years and sharing his research on his YouTube channel, Breaking Bigfoot. Check it out for yourself. www.youtube.com forward slash Breaking Bigfoot. Well, welcome to the show, Jesus. How are you doing tonight? I am okay. How are you doing? I'm alive and anytime I'm alive. Of course, I wouldn't know if I was alive or not. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, you got a lot of history behind you. I mean, you know, working with some famous actors like Wahlberg and, and Breaking Bad, which was one of my favorite shows. Better Call Sal, like uh, my attorney, I would never want to use. But I mean, you know, well, unless I want to go to jail for a long time and find bars of soap everywhere. But, you know, I, I, I tell you. You've come a long ways. And I got to ask you, how old were you when you got the acting bug? Well, um, I was 30 years old. And 
it wasn't ever a dream, like a dream dream. Like my dream is to become an actor one day. Um, I had people tell me that I should be an actor, but I never fathomed it happening. And uh, through circumstance of uh, my business, losing the business and finding all kinds of wonderfully uh, expensive things that had changed in my life within a week, uh, I thought to myself, um, I should take advantage of being stereotyped and uh, take it to Hollywood. And I thought that they would probably like it. You know, if I did that, because I'm, I'm rather large for for a, for a Chicano, a Mexican. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My person that looks like me. So <laughs> I, I did that, and sure enough, my first day uh, as, an, as an actor was my first day as an extra, and I ended up with a speaking role fighting Steven Seagal. On that same day. Oh, well, Steven Seagal. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I still watch him. You know, they, they do these clips on, on, you know, on documentaries where he's just people. I mean, you know, he, I think he's one of the best martial artists ever. Yeah, he, he was really good. I got to fight him at his hotel and he's the real deal. And uh, he's a seventh degree Aikido black belt. And the only uh, foreigner that was allowed uh, to open up a dojo uh, as a, a keto master to teach in Japan. So you can't be faking if you, if you do all that. Oh, wow. Now, when you were a child, were you ever into the paranormal things or just because that encounter you had with your mother? I mean, when did it all start? How old were you? Uh, I was four years old when I first, I guess, looked at a book with anything paranormal in it. But I already had been experiencing strange things uh, when I was three, I guess. Uh, I can't remember too far back, but I can remember when I was around four years old and uh, hearing strange things in our old 200-year-old house in England. Uh, lots of weird stuff going on. And uh, this was the first time I ever saw a UFO, too, uh, was back then. But the book that I saw was uh, my parents, my mom or my dad's um it was called The Mysterious World by Arthur C. Clarke. And this was in the, the barely just 1980, maybe. And, uh, yeah, inside it, I, I read about UFOs, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. Uh, and when we turned about five, uh, we went to the Loch Ness to look for the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie. And uh, we're out there for like two weeks. Yeah, so that's when it, I guess when it started for me, I didn't look at it as paranormal. I was, you know, it just seemed normal to me, 
you know, growing up, I didn't realize it was odd until I was about 12 years old. Well, you know, there in this world, there are so many different things out there that, you know, they keep finding Jesus every day. Things that were they thought were extinct a million years ago, and they are still alive. Yep. And, you know, it be be it, you know, from sea creatures to land creatures and all this stuff. You mentioned a UFO. Do you remember what it looked like out of curiosity or anything like that? Do you have any memory of what it? Yeah. Um, my sister saw it, too. She was two years older than me. Uh, the only thing that differentiates uh, from what I remember and she remembers is the color. I remember it being orange, and she remembers it being green. It was cigar-shaped, uh, lying horizontal. Uh, yes. And then I, my memory is seeing it come down, coming towards our window, and uh, don't remember anything after that. It, that same, uh, like, I was, what, five years old? That was 1981. Um, yeah, that's when the Windersham Forest uh, incident happened. And the same time, I got a medal right here. My where's my dad's, and you see it's uh, Bent Waters, December 1980. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, my dad was a boxer, and I was a boxer. Who's that? Yeah, so it's a really interesting time to be in England, you know. And my dad was in the Air Force, and uh, yeah, no matter where I went, stuff happened. Yeah, I. I... Yeah, I think your your chain or something is picking up on your microphone really, really bad or something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry I have to have you do that. Uh, again, you know, do you believe we were being visited by ETs? Um, I, I don't know if I want to call them ETs. I'm not sure anymore what they are, but I, I know somebody was coming. Um you know, it's, I've, I've experienced way too much through my lifetime uh, with those individuals and the UFOs uh, for me to not believe that it's something, you know, real uh, to me. And it's a lot of people that are around me when weird stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is this, you know, a lot of people are so naive. You know, I, I get people emailing me all the time. Either they, 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 there's two camps, the ones that believe that these things are real. Then there's other ones, oh, they're time travelers or they don't exist at all. You know, and, you know, I look at they would have to be naive to think that we're the only people or humanoids or advanced right. civilization out there and there's all these other planets and other solar systems and stars and all this stuff and we're the only planet with life i i just don't buy that right yeah um a book that i like um you familiar with jacques valle yes yeah passport to magonia i i really like that book uh because uh what pretty much is what he's saying is that the things that we're experiencing now and trying to figure out and trying to name um, we've been dealing with them for a long, long time. Just uh, in each different uh, rise of our civilizations, we called them different things and thought they were completely different things. But it's the same individuals or, or type of individuals that we've been dealing with for a long time, just calling it different things. Well, you know, if you go back to the Egyptians, you go back even farther in time, you know, you think about the pyramids, you think about, you know, the finks, you think about a lot of things. And we yep. didn't have the technology then to build all this stuff and, and to move those blocks around. I think we've had help. And who knows, maybe we are the ETs. 
Very possible. It's either that or those two little guys on YouTube with the sticks <laughs> that, that build amazing things, uh, you know, on their videos, uh, primitive tools or something like that. It's called, but yeah, um, they're actually the stuff that they do, uh, digging into the ground and using their, those sticks to carve stuff. Uh, make, makes me think because if at some time there was some sort of a catastrophe that caused like the mud flood, um, and the uh, mud, you know, would would leach into the, the what they made, and then it turned to stone. And we found that thousands of years later, we wouldn't think it was two dudes with little sticks. You know, we would think it's these are stone blocks, not you know how they made things. It's just interesting, I think, to to look at it that way. Yeah, they just actually found in a cave here just recently. It was in the news. Yeah, uh, you know, relics, dishes, plates, water uh, vessels, and stuff. It go back like twenty, thirty thousand years, right? So it, it tells you we've been around here, kicking on this planet for a long time. Now you oh, had, yeah. you had this encounter when you were young. Did you have any other encounters with UFOs or anything? Have you ever seen anything else? Oh, I've seen lots of UFOs uh, continu- continually throughout my well, forty-five years on Earth. Um, it, no matter where I've lived, um, but I always take pictures. Uh, one of the, the rules, I guess, I have and why I have a lot of, uh, you know, like, I guess, evidence uh, photo-wise is a lot of people that don't take pictures or film what they've seen, it's harder to believe them, right? What if they were just hallucinating? We don't know, right? We're taking them for their word. So the way I can uh, guarantee what I'm seeing is real, I instantly turn on my camera, whatever, no matter what, you know? And... Uh, if it's inside the camera, I'm, I'm taking it as real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to get pictures. But, uh, yeah. Well, I, the, I'd say when I turned 12 years old, I had saw we saw a UFO. In Arizona, it was in Arizona. And I uh, went to school and asked my friends if they saw the you know UFO. And they thought I was just nuts. They're all, UFOs ain't real, you know? And I had been seeing them, like I said, to me, it was not weird to see something strange in the sky like that. So, excuse me, um, 12 years old was when I was realizing that something was different. And then uh, I continually still saw things here and there, wasn't really looking for them. Um, All the way through my teenage, early teenage years, I was too busy uh, dealing with being a teenager. And, uh, yeah, it was when I'd say when I turned 24, um, I really started realizing what was going on and what it was. I never had thought and put two and two together that I was being uh, messed with uh, by anyone like that. And I just thought I was seeing UFOs and dealing with ghosts and stuff. So it was just, it's been an adventure, you know, and it's ended uh, as of late. And me continuing with the Bigfoot research. Um, yeah, I, I love doing it. It's fun. Well, you, you mentioned like Bigfoot research. How old were you when you and your mother had that encounter? Where were you at? And what? Take us back in time, and, and okay. let's go through that. Let's regress you. So we would need to go back about twenty two ish, twenty one years ago. Okay, uh, I was early twenties. And we had just moved to Riodoso, New Mexico, and uh, into a cabin at the top of the mountain. And we just got to the cabin. It was me, my sister, my mom, and my dad. 
and that was when we heard uh, which now now I know what it was uh, a Bigfoot call a scream a howl whatever you want to however you want to you know classify it but it was a, a real long high pitch uh, sounded like somebody just slammed on their brakes and their tires were squealing you know but it was just continual for a long, 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 I'd say like, it felt like 30 seconds, but in the, at the moment for like, you know, minutes. But when, after it stopped, what we noticed was that everything got quiet. All the birds, it, there was just no noise. Everything just shut up. And then it did it again. Uh, and after it finished, my mom just looked at me and she was, oh, what if that was Bigfoot? Just, you know, being funny. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Hold on. And I ran inside, jumped on the computer and uh, looked for, you know, vocalizations, recordings. And I found a few of them that sounded the same, exact same. And that's when I was I was like, I had to be in the field. It was no longer me just reading about them. I I can tell you, I, you know, I don't know what all James told you, but, you know, back myself in the early 2000s up in the Canadian Rockies at an old Japanese internment camp. Uh, where they held the prisoners during World War II. Uh, we went up there to take pictures of ghost towns and and silver nice. mines, cemeteries, stuff like that. And we hiked in about two and a half miles roughly into where the internment camp was. And we had an encounter. And I'll tell you what, when that thing screamed, I'll be honest with you, I, I peed myself. And that was the first time I peed myself since I was like in kindergarten. You know, I believe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, it was the most horrible scream. And uh, I tell you, I still have nightmares to this day. So... You heard the screams. What happened after that? Well, after that, uh, I was just, you know, wanting to find out if there's been any uh, reports in the area. And, um, yeah, my, my mom, she worked for the forest department, and she, t- you know, she didn't tell me specifics besides people in this camping area have reported certain things happening uh, to, you know, in that area, rocks and being thrown at them, hearing weird things. Um, yeah, being messed with their tents at night and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, and my sister was a police officer in the same town and they would get reports, but they couldn't, you know, go to the report because Bigfoot's not supposed to exist. So, you know, I got to hear, you know, her talk about, oh, and somebody called down in this area about, you know, Bigfoot in their yard. And so I just started kind of putting together, uh, 
a map of all these different locations and went to them all. And some of them, uh, I found evidence or I'd get some kind of interaction. Other ones, nothing. So I stuck with the uh, one that I had the most, I say, uh, evidence and uh, interactions was uh, in Cloudcroft, New Mexico. Yeah. What did you find in New Mexico? What can we find? In no, New what did you find? What? What? Oh, oh yeah. What happened? Oh, okay, so um, in 2000, I'd say two-ish, uh, we moved down the mountain to uh, Tularosa. And that's where me and my friend uh, Michael had an encounter with what I believe was a juvenile Sasquatch. And uh, it was at nighttime, and it, 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 it felt like it was going to attack us. Uh, it was walking back and forth on the gravel road where we're out there looking for UFOs, of course. And uh, it was pacing back and forth faster and faster and faster, like building up uh, courage. And, uh, yeah, I got freaked out. I said, let's grab some rocks. We threw some rocks, missed. I grabbed one more rock, threw it, hit it. It screamed, a uh, horrible, horrible scream. And uh, we went running towards uh, my property and my house. Uh, it was a five-acre plot, and we were on the outside of it. So, uh, you know, we had a ways to run. And uh, the floodlights, you know, only lit up so much of the property. So until we got closer to the house, did I see that uh, – what it was running alongside me. It wasn't trying to eat me or nothing, but it, it was on all fours and it was okay. big. Now you mentioned it was on, here's where, you know, I, when I told about my encounter with my friend, who was a medical doctor, we, we were up there and you know, here's the problem is that a lot of people claim that they're experts on Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, like I mentioned numerous times on my show, I had this guy for, about a year emailing me all the time. I want to come on your show. I'm a Bigfoot hunter. I blah, blah, blah. Then I got ready. I was going to bring him on. And I said, okay, where did you go looking for Bigfoot? Oh, no. I never went out. I just researched it on the internet. <laughs> but here's the thing I get these people that, you know, well, I manifest a Bigfoot, they appear. Or when I, you know, I see orbs and all of a sudden there's a Bigfoot, or there's a UFO and there's a Bigfoot. And I look at those people or they, they sit there and they never had any type of encounter. And then they have enough nerve to say, well, you know what, Gary, I don't buy your story, but you and your so-called doctor friends saw up in the Canadian Rockies because Bigfoot don't run between two and four legs. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, when this thing, when we saw it, it was a, there was an old silver mine. Uh, where this internment camp was and there was a creek going between the you know the area and there was still some old mining equipment and i had a telephoto on my camera my doctor had a wide angle because he was into different type of photography than i was he said hey gary take a picture of that huge bear over there right you know and i, I swung around and i tell you it took me like five seconds to realize that wasn't a bear Nice. <laughs> and then it, when it saw me, it screamed. That's when I had my accident. And the next thing I know, it was running across the, the creek and coming towards us between two and four legs. And, and all thing I can surmise, it uses those extra, the arms or whatever they are to get more speed. Yeah. I, I agree. It seems, uh, when they want to run real fast, that's when they, they go on all fours. Yeah. Uh, they, there's been reports of them running like that uh, out 
outrunning horses, you know, and because uh, they've, they've been they've chased them on horses before, you know, in some of the, the reses, and yeah, they got the, the the bigfoots can outrun a horse that's really fast. Well, you know, what my concern is it, my my daughter was married into two uh, tribes, then the Squally Indian tribe. She married a a gentleman from there, and then a Muckleshoot Indian tribe. And years ago, I got to know the medicine woman. They didn't have a medicine man. And she knew I was in doing talk radio, and we were talking, and I said, you know, I got to ask you a question about Bigfoot. And she goes, well, what do you want to know? I said, well, what type of encounters do you have going back? And what she told me that they were not friendly. The, the Bigfoot, actually, what she claimed, like the... The uh, women would be down at the river, for example, washing clothes. They'd have their babies down there, keeping, you know, track of them. And a group of Bigfoot would come running down the river, snag either the woman or women or the babies and run off with them. And then, they, you know, naturally the warriors would go back to, you know, to get their loved ones. A lot of times they find remains. That's what she told me. So that's the part I don't know. See, where I'm confused, Jesus, some people say that they, they give off lorb, uh, orbs, they're lovable, they telecommunicate with people, they would never hurt people, but then you hear these other stories where they were cannibals and, and they're aggressive. I mean, how's your feeling on this? Well, from all the research I've done and what I've experienced myself and the research through history, um, historical, you know, like you're saying, you know, uh, the stories from the past. Uh, I've, never, I've worked with a lot of different reservations and tribes uh, in my time, and lived on many of them. And uh, between everything that I've, I've, I've studied, you know, all, like around the world, not just here in North America or South America, but around the world, um, is that they are uh, a lot like us. They're some that are very peace-loving and kind and care about humans. And then there's some that hate us with a passion, uh, that'll kill us just, just for spite. They, then you have the ones, like you said, that, uh, cannibalize humans. And, um, yeah, like I said, there, there's, there's both types. There's both types. And then there's the kind that just don't want nothing to do with us. They don't want to hurt us though, but they don't want nothing to do with us and they'll do their best to just avoid us. Um, but yeah, there, I think that's the situation is that, uh, depending on which history you believe uh, of these creatures and why they, they might not like us. Um, just in general, that's what I'm getting. It's, it's just like in certain areas, they're real, real aggressive, like in Oklahoma, Alaska, and some other places. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe it's too, well, you know, like where we were out in the Canadian Rockies. And I, I tell you, it was like early June. It was still snow on the road. And I don't think many people go where we went. I mean, why would they go there? There was nothing much there. Right. And maybe if, if you go out farther away, that maybe these these Bigfoot or creatures, whatever you want to call them, don't really realize what humans are. So they look at you as a threat. Possibly. Or if they've seen us with guns hunting other animals, you know, definitely taken as a threat. You know, and the, what I what I share with people um, about my experiences is just that I'm just staring, I'm, I'm sharing with everybody my 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 uh, story, 
my adventure in, in doing the research and looking for these uh, individuals, uh, I don't want to call them creatures anymore because I think they're, they're quite smart, but I've, yeah, I'm just sharing. I'm not trying to teach anybody. I'm not here to say, this is the way it is. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here to say, this is what I've experienced. These are the people that I've, I've, I've worked with. Um, and the evidence that I, that I possess that I share with in all my videos is it's my, it's not fake or nothing. I put out whatever I, whatever I see and share it and try to, you know, not bull, give any bull hockey sticks for anybody, you know, I take this very seriously. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a real awesome thing to, to, to experience. Uh, some, sometimes <laughs> yeah. there's the times that it's scary as heck, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's not a something to be joking around with. It's they're they're very dangerous. They can be. Have you ever been scared? Yeah, that one time that I threw a rock at it and it chased us. Which I thought it was chasing us. It was running with us. But yeah, that was the the one time that I was actually scared. Um, after that, it became um, well because I didn't know what the heck it was. I didn't expect that or nothing out there in the desert. You know, down down the mountain. I didn't realize that they were coming through there, um, back and forth all the way to White Sands, New Mexico, and farther. But yeah, after that, I was so intrigued with them uh, as a, as a people. You know, because uh, almost all the tribes I've ever you know talked to, uh, that's they're a people. You know, they're, they don't always get along with them, but. Uh, yeah, because of that, I, I, I've been looking at it a whole different way, trying to more learn the social situation, their, their social uh, habits versus I'm trying to prove they exist. I already know they exist. I, you know, I've seen them and I've worked with the Gen Gen Genome Project and all that stuff. I'm past that. And the way I look at it is if people don't want to listen and look and learn uh, to what we do have out there as, uh, of evidence, great evidence, then they're going to fall behind while everybody else moves forward with this research. Well, you know, I believe they are fresh, flesh and blood from what I seen. I saw yep. what it did to my wife's new car. It let me, you know, she let me take the car up there. And I, I know what damage it did. I, if it wanted to kill me and my friend, it, he would have been able or she would have been able to do it. No, no, you know, it, it, we wouldn't have had no way to defend ourselves. And, right. and it let us go. But here's the thing. A lot of people, like Ron Moorhead, he's famous mm -hmm. for the Sierra Sounds. He has been on the show a couple, well, more than a couple of times. But the last couple of times he's been on, he's kind of changed his whole theory about Bigfoot. He's now not sure if they're flesh and blood. Maybe they're in a dimensional or there's something else. I, I don't buy that. I, how's your feeling on it? Okay. So I haven't myself experienced um, the getting to see an orb turn into a Bigfoot or uh, or a Bigfoot dematerialize in front of me. I haven't seen that. Uh, I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen because there's so many reports of people seeing that. So I can't throw it, I can't throw it out. I keep it there in the, on the evidence shelf uh, as it's very possible. We don't know yet. Um, I have I have my own theories on what people are experiencing, but uh, it lends to another, uh, you know, supernatural situation, which is uh, ghosts and, uh, you know, spirits and demons and all that kind of stuff. 
So what I'm thinking is if, if ghosts are real, the spirits real, which I believe they are because I've experienced too much crap uh, to think they're, it's not real. Um, what if dead a Bigfoot dies, they also have ghosts? And these ghosts are in the forest. Still, they're Bigfoots, but they're ghosts. And, and some of the things you see as, as ghosts are orbs. Uh, you see ghosts manifest themselves to whatever they were before when they were alive. So a lot of things to me reminded me of, of ghosts that people are saying are the abilities of Bigfoots to, with the interdimensional things and uh, disappearing and stuff and the orbs. Just a theory, you know? Well, it's a good theory, too. And let's touch base on it. We need to take a four-minute break. And when we come back, let's touch base because, you know, again, Michio Kaku was a scientist. He's been yes. on our show. And, you know, he's talked about they're close to cracking another dimension. Maybe they're coming through a portal. Maybe, you know, they, they, they do exist and be able, uh, able to go back and forward in time. I don't know. We'll find out more with Jesus uh, right after this break. Stay tuned. Check out our website for more information about our guests at www.nightdreamstockradio.com. We will be right back, so stay tuned. Thank you. 
I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Night Dreams brings on the night worldwide. Did you know you can find us on your favorite app? And now you can watch us live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and give us a thumbs up. And now, here's Gary. And here I am. And to all the listeners listening to us on some of the iHeart radio stations, well, give me a thumbs up on your chat. Also, you can contact us at nightdreamstalkradio.com. We go to the website. You'll see a fast blast little thing on the bottom of the page. Click on it. You can send me an email. Let me know what topics you'd like us to cover, and we'll certainly get our producer working on that. Well, we are back, and, you know, here's the thing. I mean, could these things be coming from portals? Could they be ghosts? I don't know, because what is ghost? When we pass on, according to Michio Kaku and some other scientists I've had on, we're not dead. We're just in a different plane. And maybe that's the orbs that we see in the forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just uh, energy transferring to a different state. Um, the, the, the energy never goes away of what leaves our body and it actually... I believe it has weight too. Uh, 23 grams or something like that uh, leaves the body when you die. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It's Like I said, I can't say no. I'll never be like, no, I know how it is. It's this way and it can't be that way because that's crazy and I call it the woo. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I, what I do like to, to do is try to exhaust every other possibility of what might be going on. Like another theory I have of like when they disappear or do the predator thing, you know, where they blend in camouflage with the surroundings. Um, People that have gotten their hair and believe these are Sasquatch hairs, uh, they're hollow and the hair is able to absorb light really well, whatever it's near. Now, if they're from what I've learned and people have been around me that have experienced uh, what they believe was infrasound, uh, and it made them, you know, feel certain ways, get, you know, uh, upset stomachs, and tigers use them, elephants use uh, infrasound. So what if these these, uh, beings are able to use their infrasound, they're masters of it, they've been doing it for thousands of years, you know, they've taught each other, possibly, I don't know. Uh, what if they're able to to make use that infrasound to vibrate their hair a certain way that makes them look invisible almost and disappear? That could be a cloaking, you know, like a cloaking uh, device, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. But I think that they, you know, when people say that, like they see him, then they just dis- disappear. Uh, Christopher George, I've mentioned him a lot because, you know, he's been on the show a lot and he's scheduled to be back on here in the near future. He was a, well, a forest ranger, a law enforcement one for the forestry service. And and before he retired, he was in charge of a couple, you know, national parks and stuff. And he said one of the cases that he investigated was Bigfoot uh, footprints that went into the snow and went out, you know, a couple hundred feet. And then it just stopped and like didn't go any farther. And again, they, they were checking how the footprints were because it was really fresh 
And he said right. there was no way that that creature could have backtracked. It, 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 and it, it, what his feeling is, it went to that certain point and then poof, it disappeared. Yeah. I've heard of cases like that too. Well, what can we do? I mean, right now there is a lot of, well, evidence of Bigfoot hair and stuff like that. A lot of labs, they don't want nothing to do with it because I was reading an article fact today that a lot of the labs, the technicians, the people who own the labs, they don't want to associate with the Bigfoot because they don't want to get labeled. But yeah. there's, there's certainly, I think there's a lot of evidence to prove that these are not bear hair or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, how can we prove that these things, me seeing one, you having one running with you or chasing you, you know what you saw. I know what I saw. But how can we convince other people that these things are actually real? Well, I think we shouldn't try to convince them. I think we just continue doing the research and move forward instead of wasting our time trying to prove to everybody, even though we know it's real, we have the evidence that it's real scientifically as well. We just don't have the literal body to hand over to people that I want to see a whole body. It's like, well, that's not, you don't have to have that to prove an animal exists, you know? Um, but like I said, if, if, if people are concerned about proving it, then they're going to have to kill one and get a body or catch one in, uh, alive. And, uh, you know, that way, that's the only way people are going to possibly believe because they might even still say, man, that's a dude in a suit. You never know. It's like I said, trying to, trying to please people, uh, it usually doesn't ever get done. Um, they'll all, they'll, even if it's, you've got the answer for them, they will just, they don't want to believe. It's like a, was a co- cognitive dissonance, dissonance. And, uh, yeah, I, that's what I said. It's like, I think as a whole of, of all the researchers out there, if we just concentrate on gathering the evidence and continue what we're doing and not worry about trying to prove anything, I think it'll present itself to us and give us that evidence anyway. Yeah. Well, it does. You know, a friend of mine who's no longer with us, and I bring his up name up quite a bit because, you know, he was a good friend of mine, Art Bell. You know, on one of his shows, he had a guy on twice that claimed that him and a bunch of Vietnam buddies were out poaching. And they ran across a Bigfoot, and they supposedly killed it and killed its mate and buried it. And, uh, you know, Art Bell told me that the guy supplied him a lot of evidence that proved that it was real. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I hate to say it. I don't want anybody to go out and kill one. But I mean, mean, why aren't we finding body parts? I mean, uh, or, you know, some, you know, what do they do do with the the bodies when they die? I, I mean, do they bury them? Do they consume them? I, I'm just like to know why we haven't found any skeleton or skeletal uh, remains of any Bigfoot. That's, that's the part that's puzzling to me. The, the thing is, though, I think we have um, many times, actually. Um, in old reports, there's lots of reports where people have killed them, you know. Um, 
But what I think, if you ever go on on, on a, a search engine on the internet and you type in Bigfoot sighting map, right? Then save that picture. Then type in giant bone or giant skeleton sighting sighting map, you know, of America or whatever country you want to do it with, uh, and they, and they match up really well. There's then. Tons of giant skeletons found in the same areas forever, and uh, either they're called Vikings or giant Native Americans. And uh, I'm like, why? Why is that? Why the giant community uh, just they don't want to say the possibility of it being Bigfoot? Like the the whole thing with the uh, Winnemucca at the Lovelock Caves. Half of the people that describe the that uh, situation there. Half of them say they were Bigfoots, red-haired Bigfoots, and then the other side says it was redhead giants. They don't say nothing about Bigfoots, uh, you know what I mean? And they were the cannibalistic too. So, just depends on. It, like I said, it's not a lack of evidence. It's a, it's a lack of uh, acceptance of the of said evidence that we do have out there. And I, like I said, I think there's lots out there uh, that we're just ignoring and refusing to to. Let it in, you know, I guess, except. Well, you know, when they have found like the giant bones and stuff like that, you know, all of a sudden they get collected, but nobody knows what happened to them. And it's like it never existed. But yet people have seen them. They they describe them. And and, and these things can be anywhere from eight feet to 12, 13 feet tall. So again, you know, like, I don't know what's out there. Were they a race of giants also? And maybe Bigfoot too? And, you know, again, you got the skunk apes in, like, Florida, which are completely small compared to what we've seen up here in the Northwest. Now, I got to ask you a question. When you were running and that creature was running with you or after you, did you notice any stench or smell or anything weird? No. no, When it was walking back and forth, too, I didn't smell anything. Uh, When it was running... Which I wasn't running that fast. I was running as fast as I could, but <laughs> it, it, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that fast because it didn't even. It just was like look. It, it was looking at me when it was running. When I looked at it, when we got closer to the light, and that's when I just that really freaked the hell out of me. And we bolted up on the the back deck, and uh, it proceeded to tackle one side, run around the other side, tackle it, and we got the sliding door open, ran inside, closed the sliding door, closed the curtain. We we're like, what the heck, you know? Yeah. How but, big was it? Do you remember how tall it was or anything roughly compared to you? Uh, when it was uh, walking back and forth, we couldn't see it. We were in the pitch dark. Uh, there was no moon out or anything in the middle of the desert. Um, when it was running, it looked like, I'd say, it was bigger than me. And I'm, I'm, six, I'm six foot three, 330 pounds. And, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely bigger than me. I, I played football for a long time and been a security officer and all kinds of, of different versions of officers. And I, I know how to, uh, to to pay attention to what I see really quickly. If I just get a quick glance, I'm able to get a good idea of the size of something, height, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And because I was so scared, uh, I couldn't get out of my head kind of situation too. <laughs> kind of didn't want it there after that for a while. Yeah. Well, you know, the encounter I had when they got near us, and it was like 25 feet or so away. Now, again, this was like early June. There was still some snow. It was chilly up in the the Canadian Rockies. And when it got 
near us and kind of like bent a four inch tree over like nothing. And it was like showing its teeth and screaming. I, yeah. I, I, here's what I noticed really fast. I couldn't breathe because, you know, I was trying to breathe and it, it was like burning my nostrils. I smelt like feces. And if you took the world hottest, uh, uh, pepper, which I know what that does to you because when I met Lou Rawls one time and, uh, he was into photography <laughs> and he had, he would import the hottest pepper out of Africa that you could get. And he said, hey, can you clean my lens off for me? And I got a can of air and I was spraying it and I couldn't breathe for hours. I, I was bright red. It reminded me of that. It was like burnt my nostrils. So I started trying to breathe through my mouth. It was burning my lungs. But you just said something I never thought about. You were in the desert. This was out in the forest where it was wet, moist and all that stuff. Completely two different, you know, landscapes. Right. So that could make the difference of people saying that they, they had this musty, horrible smell. Maybe where you're at, because they're not subject to that type of weather conditions and being wet all the time, you know, they might not have that type of smell. Well, right up the way about, mm, let's say, four miles uh, towards the mountain, there's what we call Tule Creek, okay? And uh, I had found I'd been I found out that that's they were using that uh, like the creek, which is in a kind of a canal um, that goes all the way up to our, their mountains to the Mescalero Reservation and on up. And uh, I came I came upon them. They they were in and out of there constantly. They had been sighted there. A lady saw one jump out of the water. Uh, it, it, it's for the cows it, irrigation and stuff. And um, so, yeah, that's why I went looking there because I heard of that report. And while I was out there one time, I was walking by an area where they hide in. They have little tunnels set up in the mesquite bushes and, and uh, the cottonwood trees. And I could, I, this was the only time I've ever smelled anything weird. Um, it smelled like a combination of uh, onion and what is after football practice, and if some, of, if some of the guys hadn't showered in a couple of days, uh, you know, after a, after we just did a full, you know, uh, practice in the summer, 110 degrees. You know, oh, boy. It was, just, it was, it was potent smell. But, it, it uh, yeah, it's like B.O., just serious teenage, like teenage B.O. And, yeah, I have that on video of, of me going and uh, whistling with them back and forth. There was like four of them uh, whistling back and forth with me. And that's in my, uh, my, was my first documentary I had made, uh, called Tully Creek Bigfoot. Uh, yeah, it's, that's the only time I ever smelt anything though. All the other times I've ever had any experiences, I've never smelt that smell. Um, but I, I'm thinking maybe possibly it's like the gorillas, uh, they have that gland that they can, uh, excrete when agitated or angry. It comes out or there's, or they're, yeah, they're scared. Um, it, it just smells very, very potent, scary smell yeah, that they put out. They did that. I don't know. Now, is there any wild onions in that area? Just out of curiosity, because you mentioned the onion smell, and no. maybe that it could be part of their diet, eating onions and stuff, too. So, I mean, yeah, that gets absorbed into you. As you know, if you eat a lot of onion, it absorbs into your yep. skin. What there is in that specific area, the only thing I could think that they could eat 
is uh, these those gourd the gourds little baby gourds look like little tiny watermelons uh, with long vines that, that grows there a lot so I could I could see them eating those no problem um, we have lots of farms around there we've had a sighting uh, of what they said it looked like a werewolf to them it was nighttime they used a spotlight and they said something about seven feet tall covered in hair uh, was picking pecans off of uh, the trees from a pecan farm. Um, there's people that some of their animals go missing. Um, it's, it's like a pretty much a supermarket for them. They come down from the mountain in the middle of the night. They can get whatever they want. Uh, and that, yeah, it's it's a trip. What I found out where they travel. Yeah. Now, what type of you making these documentaries? You, you're going out looking for Bigfoot. How do you go out and look for Bigfoot? What's involved? Well, the way I do it is um, two ways. Do the research and see where there's been a lot of sightings. Um, or I go out and I literally will drive all over the mountains uh, looking for what I call doorways uh, that I believe they create, uh, letting each other know where, which way to go and uh, pass by, you know, through a street or whatever into the, the forest. But, uh, yeah, I, I normally, that's just, I don't do that too often. I rather rely on uh, the data. Uh, I get way more results. It's, uh, Bigfoot structures aren't just everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wish, I wish they were. Well, they are but, on Facebook. I'll tell you this. What I see on Facebook is people keep posting up, here it is, a picnic ground, a campground. And here's the yeah. trail right next to the campground. And 10 feet off the trail, there's a structure. And people say, oh, look at this Bigfoot structure. Why would a Bigfoot make a structure 10 feet away from a trail, which is like 100 or 200 feet away from a campground? Well, um, I don't know. I, I've heard of Bigfoots going into cities. I know I used to live in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we have what some people call them the mole people. But it's homeless people that live underneath Las Vegas and underneath casinos through the irrigation ways. They're not sewers, but they're, they're special irrigation ways that are out throughout the whole city because of the flash floods they have there. And, uh, yeah, so you have over a 1,000 people living underneath Las Vegas. And some of the, the, the people that live under there have said that um, they'll see a Bigfoot. Bigfoot's walking through in the middle of the night through the, the, the tunnels. Uh, they said they don't bother them. They, they said they smell horrible, um, like wet dog and all kinds of nasty. They don't bother them. Big, the Bigfoots never mess with them. They just walk through. They're crossing the, the city to get to the other side, to the desert. Uh, on the other side, they, yeah, they go through there, too. And I've heard in Utah, um, Bigfoots have been spotted by a lot of homeless camps uh, going into the cities and alleys and going through dumpsters. Uh, I've, here where I'm at in Rio Doso Downs, we had a, a Mescalero Apache woman uh, had to call 911 because she was so scared that she couldn't move. They called 911 because uh, she was in the middle of the street. And uh, when they got there, they found out that she had seen two Bigfoots behind Walgreens digging through the dumpsters. And, yeah, scared the crap out of her, and they left, went back into the forest, and uh, she said she wouldn't move until the cops picked her up to ah. take her away. 
Uh, I, I, I would the same way. I don't know what I would do, especially, you know, in the city. But, you know, in here in Seattle, which is not that far from where I'm at, 1923, there's a Lake Union and they had the old steam uh, coal uh, power plant there. And there was reports of the hairy man, Bigfoot, back as far as 23. But then after that, it kind of like faded out because, you know, Seattle kept growing, growing out. And that's what, you know, these creatures are going. Just like anything. I, I live in a place called Gig Harbor, Washington. 20 some years ago, where I'm at, there was like four houses and nothing but cedar trees. Now there's all kinds of houses. I'm the only one that has a couple acres of cedar trees. When I moved here, there was bear, there was deer all the time. I haven't seen a deer for a couple of years. I haven't seen a, a bear for at least 15 years because as things build up, they they migrate out. Right. So that's what I think, like, with Bigfoot, too. I mean, again, maybe the, the, some of them, because of survival or whatever, they they do have to, you know, go through dumpsters, come, you know, into the cities, come into campgrounds. But, yeah, I, I really would love to have evidence that, you know, these things exist like, like you. You saw it. You know what you believe. And from what you saw, I know what my friend said and I said. And, and we were good friends. He, his father was a superior court judge in Pierce County, Washington. His brother was a high-profile criminal attorney. He was just opening up his medical practice because he'd just done his internship. And he said, hey, Gary, I think we not we better not see each other anymore. And I go, why? We're good friends. He goes, I don't want this to get out that people, you know, that I, you know, if it ever got out that we saw a Bigfoot and it chased us, it would destroy my medical practice. How many people have seen stuff like this and have kept it to themselves? Lots and lots, you know. And the, the kind of the answer to your last question um, also is the possibility that now that we do have the internet and Bigfoot uh, hunting, watching videos at least on YouTube, has become kind of popular uh, and way more informative uh, than 20 years ago, uh, internet-wise, you know. And before that, if you were, say you're an intelligent being that has been watching civilizations rise and fall, rise and fall as humans, and they know us, they know how we act, they know how stupid we are and we can be. Um, Yeah, what if they knew that this batch here didn't know what these structures were? They would put it to hunters and homeless people or whatever, and uh, people just didn't notice before. You know, now that we have the YouTube and the Internet, a lot of people are, you know, get to see what are considered Bigfoot structures. And now they see it. You notice it. Because before, if you didn't know that, I never noticed it growing up until I got in the field. And then, you know, I started finding stuff on my own and started watching, you know, different uh, YouTube channels, people finding them too. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's very, it's another situation of we're learning and sharing that knowledge of, how to, to kind of find their where they're around, you know? I think they're around in more areas than people even realize. They just don't see them, you know? Yeah. The same way, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure that people all of a sudden will see a deer run across their property, and you know what? There's no forest around their place. Well, how did the deer get there? It migrated somehow during the night and had slept during the day where people didn't see it, and all of a sudden somebody saw it. I mean, these things are out there. What yep. do you... What do you think about the people, though, go out in the forest 
without any protection. And and I always say this, to, and I, I warn people, don't do it because, you know, it's not just Bigfoot. You got coyotes, you got, you know, wolves, you got, you know, cougars, you got mountain lions, you got bear. All these things would love maybe to chomp down on you. And I get these people go out there and I say, well, do you have any protection? Oh, no, I don't need it because Bigfoot isn't going to hurt me. And I go, well, there's more things out there than Bigfoot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess say it's it's an issue of, um, unfortunately, it, it makes sense to take protection for all those instances. Um, now, what type of protection may be, it's up to the person. Um, you got to be ready for all that. Now, if people want to be wacky and uh, not take anything at all, sadly, that's that's their own choice. I don't recommend it. But you know, I, I don't I don't take a pistol with me. Um, I usually have uh, knives and uh, sprays, different sprays, uh, for that situation. You know, knock on wood, hasn't happened once yet. Besides stepping on a rattlesnake, <laughs> that, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> did you scream? But, did you scream? Oh, I jumped and, and it's on video. I have it on one of my videos. To, me stepping on it, yeah. So I jumped. I had definitely jumped. And I, I, luckily, I'm so heavy that the rattlesnake was just kind of stunned himself. He didn't. He didn't try to bite me. He was like, "Oh." <laughs> well, you know, I, I I tell you, I'm terrified of snakes because Vietnam. But you know, when I was young, taking pictures, you know. I would go up to Eastern Washington and I'd take pictures of like old farms. And I remember my wife said, Hey, you know, I don't think I would go down that bank off the, the road. And, and I said, but, but boy, there's an old windmill. There's an old building right there. I want to get the picture. And I come running down the, the embankment into like about 30 rattlesnakes. And I tell you what, I'm surprised I'm still here. They, I didn't get bit, but I tell you what, I was so scared. I'd be scared. Shoot, that's, that's a lot of rattlesnakes. Yeah, well, you know they can go in Eastern Washington. I don't, I don't, I don't go over that that part of the country, that state that much. How can they find your uh, website? How can they find you, uh, your YouTube channel? Yep, just go to YouTube. Uh, it's YouTube.com slash Breaking Bigfoot, or just type in Breaking Bigfoot, and you'll see a picture of a Bigfoot but with my face on it. Um, but Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all slash Jesus Junior 2012. Um, yeah, those are, you know, I'm DB. Those are all the websites. But I mainly uh, show all my re- my research and what I'm doing in that arena on my YouTube channel. You can, uh, in all the in description of each video, I have an email address if you want to send me a report or ask a question. And during every single one of my videos, you'll find that email. Uh, in there so that's how you can get a hold of me great is there anything you want to say to the listeners before i let you go my friend um keep an open mind be careful out there uh don't hurt anybody don't hurt no bigfoots please uh unless it's self-defense and yeah Stay weird. It's, yeah, that's that's the magic word. All of us to stay weird. Uh, are you going to be in any upcoming shows in the near future? Well, the last thing that I appeared in was uh, on Peacock uh, MacGruber, the TV series. 
on the pilot. And then uh, right now I'm in, uh, we're in pre-production for a, a movie I'm, I'm in and uh, producing called uh, Breaking the Dead. It's a parody of uh, Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead on how Breaking Bad causes The Walking Dead. So you were breaking the dead. <laughs> and I made a comic book uh, to go with it. So when I release them uh, this coming summer, it'll be a kind of a, a pair situation. Yeah, I'm trying to premiere it at the San Diego Comic-Con in 2023. Fingers crossed. Oh, well. Well, let us know when that happens, will you? definitely okay well you have a great weekend and i want to thank you thank so you. much for coming on and you know i really enjoyed having you on because it's not many people i have brought on that have had the same encounter we had awesome i appreciate you letting me be here okay my friend you take care you guys have a good night uh-huh well what can you tell james the about the show on sunday well <clears throat> on sunday we're going to have a good, good guest, Mr. Andrew Bashago, the time-traveling lawyer. Now, he's going to be on talking about all kinds of very mysterious things, but he also told me that he has a surprise announcement about something. I don't know what it is, so it's going to be good. Tune in. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. You know, this person claimed that he was the CIA when he was a child, uh, that he was transported to mars and all this stuff and i really believe a lot of what he said he also i think was a 2015 or 16 he ran for president i mean this guy you know is the real thing so he will be on sunday we got a couple truckers calling in telling us what's going on in the trucking industry and we're going to play a lot of great country music so again if you're into the paranormal you're into big rigs you don't even have to but if you're into good music Tune in 7 p.m. Pacific West Coast time, 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can find us on all the apps, uh, iHeartRadio, and also you can go to our website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. You, we have a player there. You can listen to us when we go live. You can listen to almost 800 past shows, and you can even watch us. There's a link to take us to YouTube right there, so you can watch us. Well, again... Uh, make sure you give us a thumbs up if you haven't done it. Subscribe to our channel. That's very important for our sponsors. And I want to thank you, all the people in chat, all the listeners out there like Ron, Kim, uh, Nancy, Barb, and World Big uh, Bigfoot Radio. And Ron, you're a very interesting person. All you guys out there and all the guys out there in Radio Land, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, Night Dreamers, till Wednesday and well, Sunday, actually, and then Wednesday for our regular show. Everybody have a good one. We will catch you on the other side. of a southern man, daughter of a free man, children of the Civil War. Blackbird on a limb, both of them diving in deeper than they've been before. 